You are listening to Coffee with Curtis and I'm Robert Curtis. Welcome to the show. Coffee with Curtis is a weekly podcast where you will be able to tune into my conversations over coffee with business leaders sharing their journey and experiences to give you insights to impact your own business. So grab a coffee and enjoy the show. My guest on Coffee with Curtis today is Claudia Higgins. Claudia is a business mentor, performance coach, a star-rated podcaster, and also specializes in consulting and mentoring digital marketing agencies and sales agencies around the world. She is someone that I've got to know over the past year and has been an absolutely incredible resource and source of inspiration for me in many ways. We're going to dive into some amazing topics with Claudia today. Um, I said uh, just as we were joining the podcast that actually this could be a Joe Rogan style three or four hour podcast with Claudia because there is so much to her career and background and uh, thought leadership that we could talk for many hours. So we're, we're lucky to have her for a short period of time to dive into a few topics. So Claudia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rob. And you know how much it fills my heart with joy to be on the other side of a microphone. I'm very passionate about podcasts. I've been doing it for four years and I love to see new podcasts start. So thank you so much for having me as a guest. Fantastic. Well, uh, very excited to have you as my guest. And we're going to dive into some of those topics, particularly around podcasting, actually, as we, we move through the conversation. But there are, there are two questions that I love to ask everybody. Um, and as this is Coffee with Curtis, first of all, how do you like your coffee, if you do like coffee at all? Um, I am I'm drinking coffee pretty much most of the morning I'm doing <laughs> I do intermittent fasting so coffee is the thing that you're allowed to have and uh, how I like my coffee is black no sugar nothing in it normally but then I'm a huge fan of bulletproof coffee um, I don't know if you've had that yet Rob? I haven't I haven't heard of bulletproof oh. coffee Oh, all the biohackers, if you look up Dave Asprey, he kind of made it more mainstream. And so Bulletproof Coffee, it doesn't sound great, but you have to roll with it. You uh, take a tablespoon of butter, but best to have Kerrygold butter. Wow. Maybe a drop of stevia because I'm kind of sugar free or you could put honey in if you want. And you blend it like a, in a, a, like a, a, a little Bulletproof blender or a stick blender. And it makes it really creamy and uh, smooth, but also it's a great way of getting energy into your body. So if you're starting to break your fast, you have, um, you've got butter and fat feeding your energy cycles um, instead of carbohydrates and sugars. So there you go. There's a new coffee for you. Bulletproof coffee. It's um, what all the CrossFitters, workout people, <laughs> biohackers are into. Wow, when you said bulletproof coffee, I was like, is this what the Secret Service drink? It could be one of my secrets. So I'm cheers <laughs> to my bulletproof coffee <laughs> well, today. You, you've touched on a couple of things there that uh, feed into who you are as a personality, not just within your career there. You mentioned CrossFit and um, also you're, you're a world champion weightlifter. Um, anyone right. who follows you on Instagram or other social media will know that you are one of the most colorful people that you can meet both in terms of legging colors but also hair color which is 
I, I'm presuming infamous with that purple. Um, I've got a question for you before we dive into the more meaty topics. What did you want to be when you were a little girl growing up? Because um, I presume you didn't think when you were five, you know, I'm going to run some great digital marketing agencies. <laughs> well, yeah, I know that was definitely not part of it. I've kind of got two visuals as, as growing up. I remember I was reading books really, really early, uh, very, very a funny story is that my mom loves to tell everyone is I was sitting in Montessori kindergarten at 18 months old. <laughs> I was out the door and into an 18 months. She, she was like, you are ready to get out of this house. So I had been very early on quite independent. I also remember a lot of the time I had been given Barbies um, but I also played with Lego. When I was playing with Barbie, I was making furniture and things for Barbie to use. I was never really, you know, interacting with Barbie as a doll. I was going, what does Barbie need? Barbie needs a seat, Barbie needs a, a couch. I, I remember making um, things out of fabric. My my mother is actually her, her mother, my, so my grandmother who's no longer with us, she was a seamstress uh, for the Royal Cork Ballet. And my mom knows how to sew and knit and I learned how to sew and knit. So I was always knitting things and outfits and sewing very, very young. Mom taught me how to knit and I was always making things like that. Um, so that was my kind of early, right up until I sort of hit high school, secondary school kind of thing. But then in that world, um, you know, my mom had a, a lot of, she was like, business is where you need to be. My dad was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur, is a businessman. And she was like, you know, the, the, the creating things is a hobby. Let's get you over into business. And, and you know, I was good at maths. I, I did economics. I did business. Um, so I did, I kind of have this creative side, which um, today I still knit and sew and come up with ideas. Um, but then the business world is where um, I spent my whole time. So as I was a teenager, there were lots of images in my head of shoulder pads, <laughs> ladies walking through offices with briefcases. And I genuinely uh, did uh, all through my teens was I'm going to be a businesswoman with the shoulder pads walking through. And I did pursue a corporate career. And so it was really funny I'll, I'll you know little story as you said this could be a joe rogan but i do remember i had a really high powered job when I, I was moving through the ranks of working for sony in australia and i remember one day we were all sitting i was in the senior management team and one of the boys turned around and he went what did you all want to be when you grew up when i grew up i really wanted to be an electrician but my dad wouldn't let me be an electrician and I just looked around at all the boys and I went, oh, this is what I wanted to be. And they just couldn't believe they were like, really? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm living my dream. Didn't have the shoulder pads, but that's that's really where it wanted to be. I love that. Amazing. Amazing. But it, it, it actually tells me a lot about you and it actually connects through because it shows just how creative you were as in your DNA and how solutions and providing answers to even Barbie's you know, furniture problems. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Parallels are there. She didn't have a couch. She didn't have an outfit that I liked. You know, so um, <laughs> that's how it rolled. Yeah. Fantastic. Now let's tell our listeners a little bit more about your career in a in a sixty second, I guess, mm. elevator pitch style story. Tell everybody your sort of career journey. 
Yeah, so I did start out, I, I barely scraped the points. Um, I was, I've actually been, I was undiagnosed with ADHD. So my report cards through school were classic ADHD, doesn't focus, has a lot of potential. So I kind of scraped through um, and got enough to get into a business degree in the local um, tech that's here. But after a few months, I walked out because I wanted to earn money and I wanted to learn from the school of life. So I was fortunate enough to find various jobs. I was working in bars, working in reception. And then one day, a very close friend of mine said, you got to get into a big company. You should get into someone like Dell. They're in Bray, just on the outsides of Dublin. And that's where my my like formal career started. I'm 24. I got into Dell and I learned so much about business like those guys are phenomenal two years in Dublin two years in the UK and then moved down to Australia with them I'm I was a good salesperson you know I can still appreciate the art of selling quite well and I was just good at my job so got down to Australia within a couple of years I was like "Mm, I think I want something else and I do this every now and again I write down where do I want to be and when I was in Australia I went I want to be in a company in consumer electronics. I want to have a company car. I want to have a company credit card. I want to have a sales job. I want to learn. And so I wrote down the criteria and then I went and found the job. And I walked into Sony and ended up having a fantastic five-year career in Sony in Australia. Um, Bounced out of there, sort of kind of thinking I wanted to work for myself. And it was at the very start of LinkedIn. I just looked the other day. I've been on LinkedIn since 2007. And I just took to social media. I was the person, I'm a pioneer in that respect, where I will take an app, take a website, and I'll just throw myself into it to learn it that way. I'm not academic. I'm more, um, let's try this. You're a great practitioner. mm, That's right. Yeah, just, I'll just, I'm not afraid of the technology. I might not post anything, but I'm in behind the scenes learning how it works. Um, And I advise that to everyone, you know, download TikTok. You don't have to make a video, <laughs> but at least you know how it works when your kids start asking about it, you know. So um, after that was t- 2007, eight, nine, I started working as just consulting to family and fr- friends about digital marketing and set up a bit of an agency down in Australia, was doing that until 2012. And then at 2012, I was coming up to the big 4.0 mark and I turned around and I went, hmm. I'm too far from home. My sister had moved home with her daughter and her husband. I had gone through a breakup. I was reevaluating everything. And I looked at Dublin and I went, okay, HubSpot, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the big boys have opened in me a head office. I'm in digital marketing. I need to get home. So I got home, opened another agency, uh, partnered up with someone to do that and then I got a job in HubSpot which transformed my the, the rest of where I am today. Amazing wow what a journey and uh, all of that learning you are now putting to incredible resource helping literally hundreds and hundreds of digital agency owners around the world to learn how to sell promote their business scale their business. Digital yeah. marketing is obviously such a huge part of Um, what all companies are thinking about because content is now king and the way that we sell has adapted significantly you know both you know you and I have probably got similar um, time in sales and our our career journeys and the 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 transformation of sales has been 
dramatically altered, I think, over the last 10 years and even, even in the last year or two, just the way that content drives sales. Um, so, so, so the digital marketing agency owners out there who will hopefully be listening to this, um, what are the sort of Cloda top tips um, on some of the things that you share with, with uh, businesses that you work with? Yeah, so the, the experience I got with HubSpot was I was doing consulting to digital marketing agencies all around the world, hundreds of them on um, they would buy HubSpot and so they would implement HubSpot for their own marketing and sales. And then they were reselling the software, so they needed to learn how to do it for campaigns. So when I would work with an agency, the first six months was very much taken up with how to do landing pages, how to do campaigns, let's get more leads. Oh, you know, let's look at this client that you're working with. But after six months, we were running into these conversations where they were saying, how do I know if I'm profitable? Um, how do I attract good people to my organization. Um, I don't think I've got great culture in my organization. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have this feeling that, you know, people aren't happy or I've had a load of people leave. So the business questions were starting to come up, but most of my job, I was like, oh, well, we're, you know, this is a, a software company, but I'm not one of those people to go, that's not my job. <laughs> so I went on a quest to find the best HubSpot agencies, digital marketing agencies around the world to find out what business methodology they had used that was working for them. And I came across the entrepreneurial operating system by Gino Wickman. It's um, called EOS. Uh, if you wanted to dip into the starting point, it's a very short book called Traction that will give you a good idea on all the methodology. And I found that the agencies who'd implemented this methodology, they had like their great foundations. They had the six pillars of their business rock solid. So that was the people side of their business, sales, services, growth, strategy, and marketing. So they had these six really strong pillars. And if a pillar was a bit off, they would fix that. And then they had this brilliant foundation for either a business that they were only working in part-time. So a lot of agency owners are so deep in their business. They are Mr. Sales, Mr. Marketing, head of HR, and then wonder why they're not getting anything done. So the way I look and, and help agency owners is to go, what do you want to be now? We know why you started the business. You started it because you loved marketing. You started it because you loved websites. You started it because you love CRM but we're, you know, five years down the track or eight years down the track. What do you want now? What do you want in the future? Do you want to work one day a week? Do you want to sell it? Do you want to leave it to the people that are there and get a, a revenue from it? So I detach mainly the big job I do right now is detach the emotion from a business, an agency owner's mind of let's move the emotion out of this. Let's stand back and look at the business. Let's look at what it does well. Who are the good people in there? What are we going to do in the future? Now, what do you want? Do you want to go fishing four days a week and come in one day a week? Do you want to be in there doing all the finances, you know, full time? Whatever an agency owner wants to be with this machine that is a digital marketing agency, they can have whatever business they want. And that's what I help agency owners do right now. I think that's incredible because you're, all, you're firstly helping them realize the life that they want to lead as a result of it and honing yeah. in on the thing that they want to do for their business because you can never be fully hands-off I mean it's no no 
but it's uh, that I find when I speak to digital agency owners that the biggest problem they often say to me is people, the churn of people moving around and I'm losing this member of staff is, is one of their main priorities of trying to resolve. Um, but also that they are so integral to some of the relationships and the network that they have that they are the, the beating heart of the business. And to learn how to sort of move away from that can be really tough, especially if they love the creative and the conversation and the ideas. Yeah. Is that what you find? Yeah, that's what happens. So the, I, I just love working with agency owners. They're probably the most eccentric, passionate, driven, you know, just like forward moving people. They're so creative and they're, they're just great crack fun. They're just super fun, <laughs> crack being, you know, the Irish for fun, <laughs> just so anyway. <laughs> Us Irish people always get into trouble for saying that. But this is, yeah, this is where they, they start the business with this passion. Usually it comes from, I don't want a, a corporate job anymore. <laughs> and so this drive that gets them through the first two, three, four years attracts the foundational team. And they're very loyal to that team. However, if that team that core team doesn't start to learn grow and adapt and accept that the business needs to move and evolve if they're hanging on to oh I don't have access to the owner anymore uh, you know I, I we don't get to spend any more time together it's like that's not what we're building here you know so I see a lot of times that sometimes the foundational core team that the agency owner attracted to get through the first three four five years if those team members do not evolve, generally they're not going to be part of the future of the business because they don't like processes and meetings and agendas and scorecards and roles and responsibilities and all the mechanics that need to have a profitable business running. They like having informal coffees with the owner. They like just dropping in. They like being able to go, oh, I didn't get around to doing that this week. And that's not what's going to make the business transform into the future. And it's certainly not going to attract a buyer because I don't know very many digital agency owners that want to be doing this into their 70s. They love it. They might want to do it part time, but most of them would like to be able to either in, hand it over to their team, have it sold, move into a part time role. So that's what I see a lot. And there's a lot of loyalty that goes on in there, but we have to, again, find a person who would like to be back in that kind of role and go we can get you another job in that type of business but this is the type of business we need to be going forward in the future it's a tough job but I, thankfully i've got a um, strong skin too <laughs> and uh, i'm i can handle the resistance when an agency owner goes oh but you know they've been around for a long time and i'm like that's great but we need to get them into the right seat Interesting. And I think, I think what's also interesting is that there has been such a massive growth of this, this company called the Digital Marketing Agency over, you know, the past, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, and someone can just literally set up tomorrow and say, yeah, I'm a digital agency marketer now. Um, what separates the, the, good, the good agencies from, uh, from, from the others, in your view? Um, definitely being extremely good at a few things. You, there is no, if you meet anyone who is an 
uh, what do they call them? All in one or all in house? Uh, there's so many names that go around. Or we one do everything. That's, that's, that's the word. If you, I, I do skills training with digital agencies. And when we take all the skills that we need people in the organization to be good at, when you look at SEO, when you look at social media and you think of all the different platforms, even if you took the top 10, you look at email marketing, you look at web development. When you take out all the components of digital marketing and you break down each of the analysis, there's something like, I think the last one I did, there was about 53 different types of skills. Now, if you can find someone who's brilliant at all of them, they're pretty much not a person. They're going to be a robot, right? <laughs> you know, but they're not going to have the human skills. So I think the first thing to do is acknowledge that you cannot be a one-stop shop. Are you really good at email marketing or are you very good at getting leads for e-commerce and um, beauty products? So the, the term niche has been bandied around a lot, but people do a bit of oh, I'm in the healthcare industry. That's not specifically good. So it's about what work do you absolutely love doing? What are you really good at, i.e. that gets results for clients? And what is profitable for your business? Those three things, whether the niche is all your rugby friends who work in all different types of businesses, whether it's the cybersecurity industry in, you know, like Israel, it doesn't matter what your niche is, but you are so good at it. You love doing it. You get great results for your clients and it's profitable. I, it's actually those four things. And that could be anything. I have agencies that I know that just do email marketing for e-commerce. That's it. That's it. That, that's the whole thing. Huge business, 25 people, international, fully remote, very successful, very profitable. So I think it's about a deep dive now for anyone who's going, I don't actually know. It's like you will ask your customers and look at your team and ask your team. So they're the really successful. What you do in that, it doesn't matter, but you have to be very good at it. It has to be profitable and it has to get results for clients. I think it's a great answer. And I think it goes to the personality traits of you, Claude, that uh, you are, I think, a pretty disciplined person, actually. Uh, I may be wrong. I think innately you oh, are. No, you're very... <laughs> oh, you I'm very, yes. <laughs> it's it's quite funny. Yeah, I do. I have done, um, yeah, I am, people call it disciplined, and but I have, I think of it as pig-headed. So <laughs> I decide to do something and because I say I'm going to do something, I'll stick to it. Um, but I'm also the same with my clients. If they want to do something, I'm going to keep on them until we get it done. <laughs> so pig-headedness, discipline, mm, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. I couldn't possibly comment. But um, <laughs> but I think I think it's a nice segue into another area of your, your, your work with agency owners and, and presumably wider than that, that you are a business coach and a professional mentor. And that segues into, I think, some of what I was just saying about being disciplined and focused and driving people forward. Mm -hmm. um, how, how did you get into mentoring? Yeah. Um, well, that came through the HubSpot job, you know, after four and a half years and I, I was I, I was on a team, I was actually consulting with agencies. 
when the salespeople were like, oh, they've asked me about culture. I haven't got time. I've got to get on another sales call. I would start to help people with like how to set up a culture code. I was learning from the best agencies. I was reading. I was giving and um, coming up with my own methodology and I was practicing all of that. Um, and then in 2016, I got a, a, a tap on the shoulder from a merger and acquisition company who were like we're about to build we're going around doing mergers and acquisitions uh, we have a, a load of agencies we want to bring together will you come and be on our mergers and acquisitions team and help us take each agency get them aligned so we can streamline them in together and so i ended up it was it's like it's my corporate fairy tale story <laughs> you know seeing as i just wanted to be in the shoulder pads all of a sudden getting this dream of you know they were like well what do you want to do and I said oh I'd like to have a podcast I'd like to write a book I'd like to be a, a, a mentor and a business coach they went great let's start you off over here because we got to merge these agencies together and that team is incredible they've got international experience uh, all around the world working with lots of different types of companies and then together we built one of the largest inbound agencies in the world called Avidly and that's five different countries, five different languages, five different complete business styles and work personalities. We merge them all together, give them the streamlined processes, ways of communication, ways of looking at their profitability, knowing all their numbers, and they're doing extremely well. And wow. that's how I got into the mentoring. <laughs> but that, that I, I, if I'm understanding correctly, you, you now coach one-on-one -on -one with people, obviously, um, and drive them towards their own goals or realizing their own goals. Um, do you yeah. find that very rewarding? I mean, obviously, it's a, a there's a there's a business side to it for you, but you know, you wouldn't do something like that unless you actually were were fully in, in, invested in those people. Yeah, I think that's um, like that just sort of came through about when I when I wanted to decide. Okay, what do I want to do? I do work with other agencies. The Avidly one, they're all set up and they're all taken care of. So now I work with clients from Australia, New Zealand, I've in, in Asia, all around the world, Canada, Quebec, everywhere. Right. So what I yeah, what I realized was I just felt like there are so many simple things that can be done once an agency owner knows how to do them it's like they're so driven and they're so passionate and they have so much at stake that i can be there as the impartial advisor mentor with a plan so i go here's the plan i believe in you you know you can do this and together we can stick by it and obviously being very lucky having met so many people in the hubspot community having been to inbound you know seven years in a row the big conference that they have on in boston i knew a lot of people so they knew me and they knew my personality and they know that i'm a very straight talker you know i'm i'm going to listen to them and i'll be empathetic but at the end of the day they need to get the work done because i believe in the job and the future that they want so we always start there why are they doing it what do they want in the future what do they want to do every day and let, how much do they want to earn? So many agency owners are not earning enough because they keep putting it off going, oh, when I sell it. And it's like, no, I want you to earn. You want a hundred grand now? Let's get you a hundred grand right now so that you have all the energy and all the things that you need so that you can move forward. Um, yeah, and I, I've, I guess 
I, get, I can tell you can tell I'm passionate about it. Like I believe in it for myself. I look every day about what do I want? What do I'm going to do? Um, and I'm very much a person who goes, let's if, if, if you can't accept it, let's make a plan and let's move forward with it. It sounds like the 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 approach that you take is, for want of a better word, sort of business mindfulness and planning and that they should understand I'm here now. This is where I want to get to. This is a potential roadmap. But what I, you've mentioned one word earlier on that I think is important that you created your own methodologies. You understood this is what I can do and I'm good at it and I can understand actually how I can create my own version of it. Um, and having that, that methodology is, is a product at the end of the day. Um, and, and being able to, to then utilize that, it, that sounds like a, the, the ultimate combination on, on, on what you're mentoring on. Yeah, and, and living through that whole, whole thing all the time. So as much as I recommend EOS, and I think that some of the tools are very, very good, I combine that with my 12 years digital marketing experience, working in a large tech corporate, also being a performance coach. So I help people with mindset. And I think that's the big thing at the very beginning of what I do. I do have a deep conversation about why did you start this? What's working? What's not working? What are you disappointed in? What are you afraid of? What's keeping you awake at night? Because once we get all that emotion out and we can just release that, then we can start to get to the real thing. Go, oh, it's okay. It didn't work out. I know you thought you were going to be at a million this year and you're at 500K. That's okay. I know you've got to let people go. It's okay. They're going to find jobs. Let's help them find jobs. So a lot of what digital agency owners hold is they don't talk to people. They're afraid to talk to their partners because they're afraid to scare the absolute life out of them. They can't talk to their team because they don't want to let, give them the fear as well they have a bit of, oh, I better not talk to other agency owners because everyone's being more successful than me. So they bottle stuff up and then nobody's going to win from that. Or they might start working with a business mentor and it's all straight in. What are your numbers? Da -da -da, let's rah, rah, rah. Yeah, you can do a million. And I'm like, not that person. I want to get all that. Where are you feeling? What's going on? How are you taking care of yourself? You know, I was, I was on a call the other day with an agency owner. By the end of it, I just said to her, I went, you need to go and sell some stuff. She was like, we want to do this, all this methodology. And I was like, I need you to go back and double your pipeline. <laughs> Please double your pipeline and then call me. I do not want you deep into the culture and fixing all the HR of the business when your pipeline is skinny. So I'm that kind of person. I realistically look at, What's going to keep them moving? How are they feeling? What's important? Not the let's do our HR policy when you've got no revenue coming in. So that's my approach and that's my style. I still feel like we're coming back to what does Barbie need? It's such a, you're, you're practical. You're practical. The I'm way too practical. Yeah. Barbie, yeah. Barbie was presented to me in a box in a bikini in the west of Ireland. And I looked at her and I went, you know what, Barbie, you need a nice woolly jumper. So I knit her a woolly jumper. <laughs> I made sure she was warm. That's the kind of person I am. And that's how I take it on with everyone that I talk to. I, once we dig in deep and we find out mm, your sales is rocky. Why haven't you paid yourself for the last two months? I don't care that you've got a property empire over here. I want you to earn money from this business. So I'm very, very straight up, very forward with that. I love it. I love it. Now, this segues into talking about another topic 
um, because I feel like I am on this podcast with podcast royalty. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all probably are listening to many podcasts now. I've got tens of different podcasts that I'm listening to. Tell me your tell me your top three, your favorites. Top three. I like listening to Joe Rogan. I've got into yes. him recently. Um, I just finished the Michelle Obama podcasts. Uh, oh, really good. The one with her husband was really good to kick off. And then she also interviews with her mum and brother just on how they grew up and oh, super, super interesting. Um, I've been listening to the Ben Shapiro show. Um, I sort of really listen across the spectrum. Yeah, you do. Um, I started listening, I listened to a great one yesterday actually, Megan Kelly with Mark Cuban, um, the billionaire. Love him, mm -hmm. Love really, him. really good. Um, really talking about Black Lives Matter and the impact that that's had on sport and the the messaging and uh, the the difficulties in communicating that in a in a sports environment. Um, but but you have two amazing podcasts and you've been a bit of an inspiration for me actually in even starting my podcast. Um, you have Agency Life, you have Sligo Life, um, Sligo being the, the place that you live and you, you sort of built a, a, a local podcast to, to some extent. I mean, it's probably listened to by people all around the world. But It has a global audience. Yeah, it does. It's got a global audience because I was able to see the stats on that. Yeah. Um, so, so for anyone out there thinking about podcasting, what has it done for you? What's been the impact of a podcast um, in your life, in your business? Yeah, oh, like totally transformational. Um, and, and I think the place I've seen a few sketches on online where people are like, oh, the, you know, the cat's got a podcast, the goldfish has got a podcast. And I just give everyone the same. Um, I, I think it feels like the cat and the dog have a podcast, but I'll give you the, the big overarching statistic. Right now, there are 1.7 billion websites in the world 1.7 billion okay today actively there are approximately 1 million podcasts however only 250,000 or so of those are what we would call active regular so if you want to tell me there's too many websites in the world and you're going, there's too many podcasts in the world. I want you to look at the difference from 1.7 billion to 250K. Because a lot of people don't realize that the podcast world is about consistency, discipline, turning up, doing it even if you don't want it. There's some days you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. The fact is, it's like gym. It's like going to the gym. You don't want to do it. Why don't you just get dressed and walk in the door and then see how you feel? <laughs> right? So... From a podcast point of view, as much as people go, oh, my niche is too small or, or there's too, I, I couldn't possibly have this. It has been transformational, especially in the last year for connecting and having conversations with people. It doesn't matter, pandemic or no pandemic. It has been an absolute game changer. So I started one in 2016 with another friend of mine and we did a series and then I ended up rebranding Agency Life and I've been doing that since, I think that's a good solid three years of, of Agency Life right now where I interview digital marketing agencies. We're coming up onto episode 75, 
kicking on the doors of 10,000 downloads and it's in the top 10, it's very close to the top 10% of um, global um, podcasts. And uh, it's, it's just been phenomenal. I love talking to agency owners about their business and it's been so good for uh, specifically men in the, in the agency world who are coming on to have a business conversation or so they think. <laughs> and sometimes we end up, you know, not all the time, but sometimes they tip on something where they talk about a mistake that they've made or what they would do differently again, or a challenge they overcome, or they just start talking about how it was very hard or what people see. And then I get messages from other agency owners going, thank you, I thought I was on my own. And for me, the importance of talking right now, I'm really passionate about that, even if it's just us talking about something and somebody can hear a conversation, it, it is all helping people move forward. So agency life is, is big and strong in the agency world and um, it's been transformational. I have um, acquired sponsors, so it, it is revenue generating. I've um, attracted more business from it. I've had incredible conversations. I've learned a lot. I've shared a lot. And I, I'm, I'm learning how to listen and communicate with people on a, on a much deeper level. And that's what the main Agency Life podcast has given me. The second one, Sligo Life, that kind of happened as, as a result of the lockdown. I thought about creating a podcast in February and then I laughed at myself because I went, oh, I'm too busy. I've got some international travel to do this year. Da, 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 da. <laughs> turns around, I was going, hmm, seems I have a lot of time. So I have a local podcast, Sligo Life, 25 episodes, top 25% of uh, podcasts in the world, global audience, and has opened up a myriad of new opportunities and is actually my social life right now because obviously it's not, you can't just go to parties or meet people or go to dinner or be fluting around. I'll have the occasional social distancing coffee, but it is much more safer to have a, a meeting like this and a coffee virtually. <laughs> and I've done that with um, about 25 guests so far and uh, it's expanded my local network. So huge, 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 huge fan of the power of podcasting, the power of connecting, um, and it can open up whatever opportunities you would like it to do. That could be friends, to business, to revenue, to a conversation, to making a difference. I think the amazing thing about what you said in both examples is what you have created is community. You've created community on the podcast with Agency Life amongst digital marketing agencies and the, the, you know, the wider um, family that live with, with that. And then locally with Sligo, um, obviously it is globally listened to but what you've actually become is I call it the digital mayor of Sligo in many ways because you're you're, you're telling <laughs> the, you. you're telling the story of people's lives people's businesses what's happening in the area um, and you know everyone's always going after the big global I want to do this but actually you can win in such big ways and do so much good by actually focusing on where you live uh, my office is actually located in a um, 
in sort of like a, a mini WeWork where I am. And the lady that runs it, and she's an incredible businesswoman. Um, she she has a real estate agency. She's created this sort of WeWork concept locally, which has become very, very relevant. It's five minutes from my house. I don't have to travel in, in you know, the new world of COVID. Um, and I said to her, you are doing all of this great local work and you're becoming such a great personality locally. You need to focus on being that, that digital mayor, um, do a podcast, put information out, make sure that you're you know, promoting businesses, new restaurants, whatever's popping up in the area, be the story of the town, not what you specifically do. Yeah. And, and I think that's partly what you're doing as well. I mean, you, you mentioned to me before we came on that there are new business opportunities for yourself that are coming out locally because of that podcast. Exactly, yeah. Community. And, and expanded once people could see what I was doing, you know, they're opening up going, oh, can you help me with my podcast? <laughs> or can you help me as a local business mentor? And before, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to make 2020 the best year of my life, you know, despite the external circumstances. And before this year, I didn't know anyone in the town. I had my family and my school friends. Very, very few people apart from that. Did I know them or would I have a coffee with them or would I? And now that's totally different. I've had invitations and uh, connections and it's just completely expanded my local network and made me a lot more grounded, which I'm really, really grateful for, to be honest. Coming back to another point that you may mention there as we start to, uh, to unfortunately wrap up, um, you, you, mentioned, um, you mentioned the way that um, agency owners want to want to essentially find the the story in the journey and what's hard what's working and resonate with the process by listening to agency life um you know everyone mm -hmm. can go on and talk about their business principles and how they're they're doing this but actually the good stuff is underneath the hardship the wins the story you know i was involved in a, a successful SaaS startup here in israel for many years and although the business was very very successful and you know we were doing a particular thing with our product if we'd have just had a camera following us for seven years we'd be billionaires because the story and the journey was <laughs> up and down hilarious hard brilliant hard brilliant hard 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 brilliant um yeah people want that journey and i think you give that to them in in the podcast yeah it's i think that's the most important and i one of my i have a pre-interview questionnaire which you know you'd you have as well you have a setup it's like this is what's coming and preparing the guest is so important and i always ask them you know, what is a mistake you made that you wish you didn't or you would have do differently? And it's not all about the highs. You know, a lot of people in business or the external version of them, people would look at the external and go, oh my God, they did really well. It must have been cruisy. And a lot of business owners, anyone, that you're one week in the job, you've made a mistake. <laughs> and once you learn about, oh, right, oh, they made that mistake. Oh, I don't have to make that mistake. And I'm a big believer in that. And it's a good um, leveler to for other agencies to go, oh, it's not just me. Oh, good, you know? And that gives them a sense of relief because a lot of them, like I said, are not talking to someone or they have a rah-rah business coach that they couldn't even possibly <laughs> bring them and say, I don't know what I'm doing when I'm down in the dumps. You know, I'm very lucky to know 
my clients' personal lives because I ask about it. You know, I'm going, how are you? Are you looking after yourself? What's going on? You know, I'm the first one to look at them on a Zoom and go, when was the last time you took a day off? And I'll hound them until they take a day off. (laughs) Or I'll get on to their staff and go, can you tell them to take a day off? Because I'm going to be on their case. So I think that's the big part of this is that you're not a robot. You don't have to be superhuman to run the business. Yes, it looks like everyone's being a superhuman, but none of them are. And if you listen to any one of the 75 episodes of Agency Life, every single one of those agency owners has shared a downtime, how they overcame an adversity, how they got through something. Some of them, you know, have, have had very dark depression moments. And I always ask them, how did you get out of that? What did you do? So you can listen, empathize and find out a way to move forward. I love that. Claudia, we could literally, as I said at the beginning, oh my God. go the on day. and on. It, it's, it's amazing, your insights. And I, I, I could make a whole season from, from, from you. Um, and I really appreciate you making the time to... To, to speak to me and as I say bring on some podcast royalty onto Coffee with Curdle. Oh, You've been insightful and uh, I, I think everyone needs a Clouder in their life. <laughs> well if you want to you just head on over to growagroup.com or Clouder at growagroup.com if any of this conversation inspires you and you need a business mentor or a performance coach. Fantastic thanks so much stay safe and well and speak soon. Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button so you can get weekly updates on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed your coffee.